Welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch. And I'm Josh Hyman. And the blues are smoking hot. You know what else is smoking hot? It's Monocle's Pizza. They're located off of 1224 Highway K in O'Fallon, Missouri. You can get famous crispy thin crust pizza. You can get pan pizza. They got the point pizza, which is a one of a kind triangle pizza. But all of their pizzas come with mozzarella or Provel blend of cheeses. They've got pepperonis, fresh baked rolls, filled with pepperoni puree and four cheeses. They've got a staple of St. Louis toasted wraps. They got the family pleaser, which is a combo of pizza, salad, and soft drinks. You can dine in, carry out, or get it delivered. They've been doing it since 1959, so they obviously know what they're doing. They've got an O'Fallon brewery, including their own house amber beer. They're involved in our community with fundraisers and reading programs, online ordering through their own app, website, and they're also on Grubhub. You can get $5 off a large specialty pizza when you mention Locked On or use our online code Locked On. You can call them at 636-980-1212 to place an order, or again, you can check them out at 1224 Highway K in O'Fallon, Missouri. Please check them out. That's Monocle's Pizza. We love them, Mm. and they love us. So today on the agenda, Josh. Yes. The butchering of the Chicago Blackhawks. A six to five win for the boys. We're on a five game win streak. Game of the year question mark? Game of the year. Statement game. The rivalry's still there, even though the Blackhawks suck. Game of I, I mean in terms of like Craig Berube, he wouldn't say that, that that's his game of the year. You know, you don't want to give up five goals ever. No. But in terms of pure entertainment value, if oh you say, God. "Hey, hey, what Blues game should I watch from the 2020 season to to see how fun this team is?" You say Blues Blackhawks February 25th, six five final. Blues went well. They so the Blues went up three one, down four three, up or or down four three. Tied for or up? I don't even remember how it went. We'll get into it. It was it, I. It's too chaotic to even even remember from the. We got. I got to look at the the goal scoring right there. But we'll get into yeah, we it were, goal by goal. We were, we were down three one. Down three. Oh, down three one. Down three one. Came back. Down came roaring back. Right. 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 Again. <laughs> we were down three. Yeah. Here we go. Down three one. Tied it up three three. Went up three four. Or up four three. Went down five four. And then went up six five. <laughs> And keep in mind that we went into the third period down 3-2, and the final score was 6-5 in regulation. Wild. Hey, so, I mean, let's, let's, let's get her started, Tommy. How, how, do we, how do we open up the scoring? Tell the lovely uh, We kicked off the game with a goal from uh, Braden Shen about 30 seconds into the first period. On a Just power a play, nonetheless. Play on a power play. Just tic-tac-toe passing. He's wide open um, on the right hash and just slams her home for his 22nd of the year. Yep, yep. So 11 seconds in, Connor Murphy takes a tripping penalty against Oscar Sungfist. O'Reilly wins the faceoff against Taves, keep the puck in, keeps the puck in the zone. And Shen with an absolute slam dunk. Easy goal to put the Blues up on nothing. Yeah. I and mean, then Duncan Keith <laughs> scores his second goal of the season. He's been having a... He's been having a whirlwind of a season. He's got two goals on the year. That was his first goal in his last 40 games. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> uh, Bennington was screened on it. I don't know if he ever saw it. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was a decent shot. I'm not going to lie. I, even even if Bennington saw it, I, I think that's a tough one to get. 
Yeah, I mean that's that one you could see right off the face off. Nobody nobody took Jonathan Taves. He wandered right out front and basically just stood directly in front of Jordan Bennington's face. I don't think Bennington could see five inches in front of him, much less fifty feet out to the blue line. So uh, it, it was one of those things where. On the surface, that looked like a pretty crappy goal to give up, but you you look at what happened, you look at the screen that was there, and you I, I you totally understand why Bennington looked so helpless on that goal because I don't think he could see a single thing. Uh, that's a tough one, you know. The Blues were shorthanded, so you understand why there's a a lack of a body right there. But if there's one place you want your you want a player to be, it's out front of the net. That's not the guy you want to leave open. But I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't end up mattering. Uh, but uh, we got a little bit. We got a little, a little bit of more negatives to get through before we get to the the good part. So keep going, Tom. We'll yeah. So oh, I, I'll, just touching on that goal a little bit more. I think you also have to take into consideration uh, the post game comments of Barubi, where he said he talked to the refs after that goal, and I think that they agreed that, that there should the, have been a holding the Mur- call. That was the Murphy goal. That was the next goal, right? I thought it was the first one. I'm not sure. Either way, either way, either either way. <laughs> One of the goals that um, they scored, there was a clear hold on Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. And the videos on my on my Twitter, if you if you want to go see it. Um, but yeah, Connor Murphy with his fifth goal of the season, assisted by Jonathan Taze. Kind of the same deal. It looked like uh, the focal point of the Blackhawks all night was get bodies in front of Bennington, take shots from the point. Um, because if he can see the puck clearly, even if you're in all alone, nine times out of ten, he's going to make the save. So, yep, yep, and it was the Keith goal. Um, so apologies there. Uh, it was the Keith goal that there was the hold on O'Reilly? So I mean, I guess that back sort of explains the, the lack of body covering Taves because there was someone being held up by an illegal hold. But whatever, I digress. Didn't end up mattering. So yeah, Murphy puts them up two one. That was a little frustrating to me. Uh, I think at that point. It almost felt like a, a little bit of a reminder of the, the Blues of the past, the Blues of the five-game losing streak. I was like, uh-oh, are we seeing them again? Uh, heading into the second period, I, it was definitely uh, definitely on my mind. And then, you know, we, they opened up the second period with a goal. I don't know if you want, you want to break that one down, Tommy. Yeah, so obviously another power play goal. I mean, Patty Kane gets some space wide open in the slot and just bangs a wrister right off the pipe and in. I mean – He's one of the best players in the world, whether we like it or not. As a hell of a shot, um, and a guy giving him that much space, he's going to score that ten times out of ten because it's Patty Kane. Yep, yep. It's he's one, like you said, one of the best players in the world. On the power play, shot from the highest slot, screen out front again. That's can't really fault Dinson on that goal. Can't really fault the defense too much on that goal. That's just a, a goal scorer's goal. Yep, but also in the second period, uh, Robert Thomas finds the back of the net for his 10th goal of the season. The kid. And that, I believe that ties the record for uh, in the NHL. Blues now are tied in first for the most 10-goal scorers on their team, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think the Chirp that. tweeted that out, actually. I did not know that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a... Hey, that's a great stat to have. I mean, hey, uh, whenever we won the cup, we uh, that was a stat we had too, right? So yep, yep, we had a lot of ten, um, <clears throat> a lot of double digit goal scorers, a lot of defenseman goal scorers as well. That's um, true. So yeah, I mean, spreading around the scoring has always been the Blues' uh, success model, and I mean, we've seen it this year with the with the kids. They've been they've been on fire and fuego, might I say. 
Um, before we continue, before we hop into the the good part of the the, the podcast where we talk about the Blues when they start winning, we're going to take a quick break to thank some of our sponsors, some digital ad inserts, and we'll be right back with the rest of the game. All right. And we're back. All right. Down so three getting two, right back into the happens. thick of things. Down three to two, going into the third period. Ryan O'Reilly happens. Now, Ryan O'Reilly's been nipping at the bud all night long. He's been getting some scoring chances. That one he had on the outside on that oh. wraparound just missed, dude. Even the even the crook in his stick couldn't help him slam that one home. Uh, start off the third period. He does find the back of the net. Um, ties the game up. Just beautiful stuff. His twelfth his twelfth goal of the year. Yep. Which. It's surprising because I don't I don't feel like he's been having a bad season. He just been ha- hasn't been scoring a lot, but his assists have been yeah. nuts. He didn't score at home until like December or something like that. So he just he was very snake bitten to begin the year, but he the assists were pouring in for him, and now he's starting to get the goal scoring going a little bit more. But I mean, offensively he hasn't been quite as quite as um, spectacular as he was last year. But he's still been that dominant defensive center, and, and the goal scoring is starting to come for him. As we saw, like you said, he was chopping at the bit. He almost had one of his best goals as a blue uh, earlier in the night on that wraparound. That would have been gorgeous, but he didn't finish that one. And then he almost had another one with the with the the hand pass goal. You know, he, yeah, he, he, he just he, chucks he, it in the net. <laughs> he reaches up in the air, tries to grab the tries to grab the uh, the flying puck, trying to. I think he was trying to put it down and, and slap it in, but he ends yeah, up. I think he ends up. He ends up Mark Bergevanning it and uh, throws it right into the net. That's a good reference if you get yeah. to, if you pick up that one. Yeah, I um, think uh, I think if he could have closed his fist around the puck, he would have he would have had enough time to set it down. Yeah, his if feet. he had been on the San Jose Sharks and had thrown the puck to Eric Carlson, <laughs> then it would have counted. But unfortunately, we don't follow those rules, so it didn't count. He could have been like Braden Shen and trying <laughs> try to do it from three fourths oh of the ice. Good. <laughs> That was what was that two years ago? Oh my god, that was incredible. That was one of the one of the mo- one of the biggest uh, uh, brain farts I've ever seen on, on a on a sheet of ice at so any level. Oh god, that was good. That was like Braden Shen's one of his first earlier games as a blue too, and he just he <laughs> catches he the puck out of bed and chucks it down <laughs> the ice. <laughs> Wonderful. But yeah, so I mean, tied up three three. Ryan O'Reilly yeah. finally gets his. Ryan O'Reilly finally scores. Hasn't been scoring a lot this year, but who has been scoring a lot lately? Zach Sanford. He pots his 14th. seconds later. Yeah, pots his 14th of the year. I didn't even have enough time to tweet about the O'Reilly goal before Zach Sanford comes flying on the ice and said, Bing, let yeah, me get so one. I was watching a delayed stream, and I got the note. I knew that they were up 4-3, and my, my computer still said that they were down 3-2. Like the game I was watching, it still said they're down three two. But also, I got two notifications back to back from from Lou Korak, and I'm like, oh, these next these next thirty seconds are going to be awful fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just funny. I think it really goes to show, like we've talked about this before earlier in the year, um, they kind of got away from it, and now that they're getting back to the habit of just scoring these quick goals, that you know, they can be down three two heading into the third. And then all of a sudden, within 16 seconds, they're up 4-3. And it's one of those things where you kind of, if you're the Chicago Blackhawks, if you just take one shift off, if you if you sit back for a few minutes, then this team can strike just like that, just with a with a with a dangerous uh, dangerous shift or two. And all of a sudden, they've got two quick goals and have the lead. But then, I mean. I'll let you take this one. A minute later, what what happens, Tommy? A minute later, Mr. No Name Highmore comes down and pots his second goal of the year. Um, 
on that one, I think the consensus for everybody is you'd like to have a little better rebound control from Bennington there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you'd also like to have a little more help from your defense around that just in, in the event that a rebound does happen. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, not, not the best goal to give up. Uh, definitely a tough one for Bennington. But, I mean, as far as goals he'd given up that night and goals he did end up giving up, I think that was really the only one where you could say he really should have had that. You really want that one back. Even though we did give up five goals, I think that's really the only one where you look at and you kind of go, ooh, we, that, that could have that easily stayed out. Um, but I mean, and then so that one that one went in five minutes uh, five minutes into the period, so only a minute after the Sanford goal, and then we took a quick three minute break, and then Tommy, <laughs> and then Saad comes down, scores his nineteenth of the year on the power I mean, play once just, again. Yep, on the power play once again. They're like one of the worst teams on the power play for the year. I think they were three for three or something ridiculous. Yeah, three for yeah. four, whatever. Yeah, yeah. they were. They were they were pretty efficient um, on the power play, you could say. Uh, so they go. They, that was to tie the game up. What five? Uh, oh, that was that was to go was up five, five four. four. Yeah, that was yep. to take, the Blackhawks took a five four lead, and then we took another. So that was eight minutes into the period, or and then we took a what did we take a, a minute break. A minute, yeah. Minute and ten seconds before Justin Falk says, "I don't think so." Just Falk you. Like, Oh, <laughs> oh! He's like, wait a minute! I, I don't, I don't want to be losing anymore. Yeah. So yeah, nine, nine twenty-eight into the period. And honestly, that's great for him too because I tweeted about this, but like ever since the acquisition of Scandella, I just feel like Justin Fox played so much better like each game. And absolutely, I mean, he potted a goal, and that's like his whole game. That's kind of like we acquired him for is be that offensive defenseman. So now that we have, I don't know, maybe the fact that we acquired a defensive defenseman too, maybe there's that balance where you I'll can take like, the pressure off of him for sure. Yeah, something like that. So for sure, let's see that. And then right. Zach Sanford comes in with the game winner for his fifteenth of the year and his second goal of the game, assisted by Robert Thomas. Yeah, GG's, thanks for coming. Sort of just a sort of just a loose puck uh, bounced around a little bit. Jumped over, kind of jumped over Thomas's stick. He he touched it, but it, it a little bit bounced off. It wasn't necessarily a yeah. pass, but who who's once again in the right place, right time? Zach Sanford. I feel like that's how a lot of his goals have been. He just knows where to be. He knows the right play to make. You know, he's not necessarily scoring the flashy goals or creating his own shot. But sure enough, bouncing puck. Whose stick does it land on? Zach Sanford, who's in a prime shooting position, prime scoring position, fires it past Corey Crawford to take the lead. And if you go – something that cracked me up when I watched the highlights of this goal, if you go watch this goal back – honestly, I might post this on my Twitter, honestly. But if you go watch this goal back, when Tyler Bozak – when Tyler Bozak celebrates, his stick does a full Bobby Shmurda and just completely launches out of his hand and disappears from the frame. I don't know where it went. <laughs> but it was so just awesome to watch. We're going to have to clip that. We're going to have to clip that. And before we before yeah. we wrap up this game, got to take one more quick break to thank our sponsors, Digital Ad Inserts. Thank you guys for listening, and stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So we're back, right? It's 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 6-5 blues at this point. But then what do we do? We take another penalty. Oscar Sundquist trips Adam Boquist, and the Blues got to kill off another power play. They're, they're 0 for 3 at that point. That was a huge, huge point in the game. Yeah. What do you what do you see on on that penalty kill? Um, I don't I don't know. It's just chaos. Like I, mm-hmm. <laughs> anytime, especially after they pulled the goalie, I was Six like, God, four. yeah, just please, <laughs> please hold down the fort. 
please, please, I don't want this to go to overtime. I mean, that's that's the wrong way of phrasing it. I would have liked, I would much rather have liked to win in regulation than go to overtime and run the risk of losing. But honestly, that game was so entertaining. It would have been cool to get to go to overtime, but I didn't actually want it to happen. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But the Blues ended up uh, coming out of it with a, with a dub. Killed off the penalty. Uh, killed off the penalty, which was huge. You know, they've it was chaos. Six on four, but they played really well. Really tight defense. Didn't really allow the Blackhawks to get too many prime opportunities, and they held on for a, for a really good win. Um, it was great to see. Yeah, I think the only Five thing really, really, I would like to see better from the Blues in that game is stay out of the <laughs> stay out of the penalty box. Um, and then obviously probably sharpen up the defense around Bennington because like Absolutely. teams are going to make note of like if you can get in front of his eyes and just throw shots on from the point and get tippins, you got to clear you got to clear the crease and clear in front of the net. So absolutely. Um, in other news though, Tommy, we got some. We got some. Jay Bomeister had his press conference today. Ooh, um, he did. He did, and basically to, uh, to to sum it all up. He was extremely grateful for not only the training staff in Anaheim, but the St. Louis training staff and all of the support he's received. Um, he hasn't been thinking about hockey at all, understandably. He's he's done for the year, again, understandably. Done for the playoffs as well. Done for the right. Done for the season. Um, but he hasn't. In in stating that he hasn't thought about hockey, he also. Armstrong and Bowmeister both stated that they have not considered retirement at all yet. Obviously, that doesn't mean it's ruled out, but it, it, no decision has been made in terms of Bowmeister's long-term future. He said, there's one telling quote um, here that I'll read. Jay Bowmeister said, I think I've accomplished a lot of things I set out when I was young. I'm proud of a lot of the team accomplishments. I've tried to be a good teammate. I've experienced a lot of good things. So there wasn't much linking, uh, leaning towards retirement as far as that. They were very vague, but that's the one quote that I think um, kind of gives me the, the perspective of no matter what he decides, no matter what happens, I think it's for, it's going to be for the best. He doesn't have any regrets. He doesn't have any, well, I wish I could do this. He sounds like he's pretty satisfied with what he's accomplished. And if it so happens that he does need to retire, then he won't have to – it won't be um, in vain. It won't be a, a decision he's going to look back on regretfully. It'll be one that he that he said, okay, I retired maybe a year earlier than I wanted to, but I still accomplished everything I wanted to. Or if he comes back for, say, one more year, you know, it can sort of be a, a farewell tour sort of thing. But I, it sounds like um, the situation's under control and – they got a good good grasp on it, and just in the coming months, like heading into the summer, we'll find out more. But sounds like he's doing really well. He's really healthy, which is obviously what's most important. Um, it was, yeah, it was for really sure. Great to hear him talk like that. Absolutely, and I think um, it is also nice to hear that he's uh, obviously going to be a, still a huge part of the team and be in the ears of every guy in the locker room and still be that veteran presence, even though he's not playing. Um, if guys ask him questions like, what should I do here? Or um, something like that, he's still going to offer his offer his advice. He said, if the coaches want help. And uh, Doug Armstrong said, yeah, we're starting with the penalty kill tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Hey, so they got jokes, clearly. Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, so that's, so that's nice to see. Jay Bowmeister definitely seems like he has a hockey mind. Um if you had asked me like before this season, even like who of anyone on the Blues do I think had a, has a role in either coaching or the front office after they retire, Jay Bowmeister would be one of the first names I'd lift off. He just seems like he uh, he lives, breathes, and thinks hockey. 
Um, you know, like he's yeah. the he's the he's the gym rat. He's the the you know the one who the players have said is working out the most. He's always reliable. He always knows what he's doing. So I definitely think he's got a really good mind for the game. And if he were to hang up the skates, he wouldn't be hanging up the the, the coach's clipboard per se. He might find yeah. himself. Uh, behind the bench maybe like a Steve Ott or the front office like Martin Brodeur. Uh, I don't think this I don't think we've heard the last of Jay Bowmeister uh in terms of the blues. Whether it be yeah. whether it be on the ice, in the front office, behind the bench, I would be shocked if, if he isn't if he isn't with the team for, for years to come. Well, what's funny about that is he, he, I think he actually touched on that in part of like the press conference when they asked him if, if he was going to like offer advice to like the penalty kill and stuff. And he was like, well, I don't want to coach. But I think you're right that he would make a really good coach. But like if he doesn't want to, then there's no help in that. But um, touching on the, on the one player, I think, who would would probably coach from this team would have to be Ryan O'Reilly just from – like, I mean, he's essentially holding a practice after the practice every time with yeah. young guys like Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. And it looks to be like he actually enjoys doing that every time and offering his expertise and kind of instilling in those guys uh, what his dad instilled in him, instilled in him, like training and growing up and all of that stuff. So that would be my pick if there was a if there was a coach. I'd have to, I I'd agree with you there. That's a that's a good that's a good uh good choice. I didn't think of that one right away. He's more of a you know, he has got a, he's a couple years away from that, but um Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and then I guess moving forward um, we got the Islanders yeah. on Thursday night, and I'm going to ask you, Tommy, because this one's a little bit, a little bit uh, mind blowing for me. This it might be a tie. It's probably a tie. But over the last five games, did you know that our one our our at least tied leader in goals is Ivan Barbashev with three? Because I did not know that. I did, I did not know that. That's not the name I was expecting to see. Yeah. So over the over last, the last what's that? Did you say he's over the last three games? Over the last five games, Ivan Barbashev got games. three goals. And then our assist leader, Colton Pareko, with four. Point leader, Jaden Schwartz, with six. And Tommy, who do you think leads our team in plus minus over the last five games? Plus minus. Mm, mm, Let's go Justin Falk. It's Justin Falk. Ooh, I think I saw. He's a plus seven over his last five games. Beautiful. Which he's a he's a minus four on the season, which means that clearly something's changed. What happened about five games ago, Tommy? Did we did we acquire a a new player? We we did, Josh. Oh, we did. Huh? Was that exactly five games ago? (laughs) It 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 was. Wow! (laughs) You don't say. When did when did our winning streak start? About five games ago. Wow! Funny how that works. Coincidences are fun. Um, <laughs> and I again, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to put anyone on blast. But you know, uh, there were some takes that the Falk, uh, that the uh, Scandella trade was poor. Um, that's all I'll say. There were there, the takes were a little bit more scorching than that. But there were some takes that disliking the Scandella trade extensively. Um, and I think it has been. The whole run for the Blues. We said this previous episodes. It's been definitely beyond their expectations. I, I would say. I don't think that they imagined he would be as good as he is, as good of a fit as he is. But I think for me, as soon as I saw that locker room interview with him, cheesing, grinning from ear to ear. Oh, dude, the character is just everything you could ever I want knew. in a guy. I knew, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, he's five over the last five games. We've added Scandella. Which has been a huge, a huge boost for us. But the team has been. He's playing. led our. He's led our team in ice time as well for the last two, I believe. You has is over Petrangelo. Yes. Really? 
Yes. Marco Scandel. Let's 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 fact check that one real quick. Uh, I think uh, Luke Korak tweeted it out last night. Last game, Alex Petrangelo played 21 minutes. Scandella played 22.02. Wow, look at that. Marco Scandella may, is is proving to be the the Jordan Bennington of 2020. The the unexpected oh, the unexpected next level piece that 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 elevates this team. I mean, you can't argue with the, you can't argue with it. They lose five in a row. They bring in Marco Scandella, who's anticipated to be maybe a maybe a third pairing guy, maybe a seventh Depth guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you win five in a row, and he's playing twenty minutes a night. Twenty, yeah, twenty two minutes on last game. Twenty one the game before. Twenty one the game before that. So in yeah, he's played a, around twenty minutes in every game with the with St. Louis. That's that's more than he was playing. What a steal in in Montreal. That's like a Braden Shen level steal. Braden Shen level steal, and we got him for third round pick. Uh, second and a second conditional second, fourth, right? Second and a conditional fourth. That's right. Second and a fourth that could become a third. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Can't complain about that. Um, but yes, we got the Islanders tomorrow night, Thursday night. Can't complain about that either. Can't complain about that either. Uh, JG Peugeot coming in the house. Mm-hmm, the new look Islanders. And yep. then Saturday night, we can briefly touch on this. Blue mm-hmm. Stars. Another big one. Blues have a four-point lead over the over the Stars in the Central right now. Uh, they dominated them last last time out. Um, I think this could be a good opportunity for the Blues to really establish themselves as the team to beat in the Central if they go out and they wallop the Stars again. I, I think that there's really no way that you can say that the, the Blues aren't head and shoulders above at least most of the teams in the Central. Colorado's scary. I think that they could turn it on at the right time, but the Blues over the last five games have shown that they are a dominant team. They are a team that won the Stanley Cup, and, and I mean, I love to watch it. It certainly beats watching them lose. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say Colorado's less scary now that they don't have a goaltender and, like, that's true. didn't get one. That's but, uh, Josh, would you would you say uh, Saturday is a statement game? Can we confirm? Saturday is a statement game. Confirm. Statement game. Lock, lock it in. Lock it in. Lock it in, baby. <laughs> Tune lock in. Lock it in. Right, 7 o'clock Tommy. sharp. If you had to pick uh, the final final statement, final thing, and then we'll wrap up this the set beat. If you had All to right. pick a uh, pick a uh, locked on player for the next two games, set Thursday night against the Islanders at home, Saturday night against the Stars at home, who's going to be the guy? Who's going to be the one to to propel the Blues to to a seven game win streak? I feel like the easy answer is gonna would be Sanford or Scandella just because they've been so hot and they've been playing so well lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go with Justin Falk because he's also been hot, but he's been having a troubling season. So a lot of people aren't like sold on him. Like, oh, maybe he's turned a new leaf. I think he's finally figuring things out. I think the Scandella trade kind of like screwed his head on right and said like, okay, this is the way I need to play. I can play more like that now with a more defensive minded defenseman like Scandella in the lineup. Um, And so I'm going to lock him in for my locked on player of the week. My locked on player of the week is none other than the schwizzle, schwizzle Jaden Schwartz. (laughs) I mean, he know, he, we know that he scores in bunches. Um, And if you look at his last five games, you know, that we've been hammering home, He's had, let's see, he's had two goals and four assists over his last five games. Um, he scores in bunches. When he gets hot, he's hot. We saw it last year in the playoffs. 
Um, he grips that stick a little looser. He's up to but 20 goals now. Confidence. Up to 20 goals. Third on the team. I expect him to continue his his uh, his hot stretch of play and, and dominate um, and Thursday night and Saturday night. You know, he, he, he elevates his play in important games. We saw it in the playoffs. He had a very underwhelming regular season last year and then was a completely different player in the playoffs and has mostly carried that over to this year. You know, isn't quite scoring at the same rate because that would be absurd. But he scored 20 goals. Um, he's, he's playing with a lot more confidence, especially lately. Six points in his last five games. I'm, I'm excited to watch him uh, hopefully, you know, get back up to full speed, play with uh, maybe O'Reilly or Shen, you know, get that Shen and Schwartz chemistry back together. Uh, since we got a little bit separated, they they played they've been playing well again lately. So I, I think that Jaden Schwartz is is going to be the guy this weekend. I like it. That's a solid pick. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. So oh, I believe so. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Locked On Blues podcast, mm. your number one source for daily blues content. Yes, um, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at twelve or fifteen. You can follow Josh at Josh Hyman NHL, yes, um, and follow our podcast at Locked On Blues on Twitter and Instagram. As always, peace. Let's go Blues. Let's go Blues.